0: together growing in faith-changing communities. Today, dear friends, I would like us to reflect on the letter to the Hebrews chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. Brethren, God is not so unjust as to overlook your work and the love which you showed for his sake in serving the saints, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness in realizing the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he saw by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently endured, obtained the promise. Men, indeed, swear by a greater than themselves, and in all their dispute, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly To the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he interposed with an oath, so that through two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible that God should prove false, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner shrine behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The first thing that touches me is how the author speaks about God. He says, God is not so unjust as to overlook your work. So often we have grown up having this negative image of God, some of us. This image that God is out to get us. That God looks out for our mistakes. That God is a judge. That God punishes bad children, and somehow we grow up believing that. And unfortunately, even as adults, some of us still have that image of a God, that we will never do anything good for God, that we will never be good enough for God. And so we we always have to do something in order to be loved by God, in order to be accepted by God. And that to some degree has been influenced by our relationship with our parents. But the author here gives us a different story. Our God is kind. Our God is loving. He notices the good. You know, there's this image that God has this big black book where He writes and jots down all our mistakes, all our flaws, all our sins. Well, what if the opposite is true? What if God has a book where He writes down all the good we have done, where He writes down all the achievements we have? Accumulated. How would you feel if you knew that God looks at you every day and he says, you are my beloved. In you, I am well pleased. I know what you've been through. I know what you have done. I know what you have experienced. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of who you are. I'm proud of who you are becoming. I'm grateful for your efforts. Imagine if that we heard every day. And that's why the author wants to tell us that the Lord never overlooks the good, the love that we've shared with others. But then he also wants us to to have this greater realization of the assurance of hope that God acknowledges and rewards the good we have done. God made a promise to Abraham, he says, and he's talking about the importance of a promise that we must be taken at the word we have uttered. If we said we will do it, we will do it. And so God vows, promises, makes an oath by himself for there's no other thing greater than himself. The one who has begun the good work in us will bring it to fruition. He desires us to be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That whoever believes in him may have new life in God. That whoever believes in him may find pleasure in the love of God. I came so that you may have life and have it. In abundance. Not just life. Not just mere existence. But fullness of life. Fullness of grace. Fullness of God's mercy. That's what God promises us. That our lives may be transformed. That our lives may be meaningful. That our lives may find purpose in God. Then there's something also absolutely powerful. That the Lord encourages us to hold on to faith. To hope. To hope for the things not yet seen Unknown. Why should we hope? Because Jesus is the forerunner on our behalf. He is the merciful and faithful high priest. He is like us in all things but sin. He is the pioneer of our faith, the perfecter of our faith. In Him is our faith realized. In Him does our faith make sense. So we turn to God with greater hope, knowing that we are not lost, we are not abandoned, we are not left to fend for ourselves. But rather, we are called to greater things. But now there's something interesting. If that's what we believe we are called to be, people of faith, people of hope, people of good and great beginnings, then we should show that to others. Then we should expect that to others. Then we should encourage others to become people of new beginnings people who call us to himself people who nourish us by his grace people who bless us by his love he is a faithful high priest like melchizedek of old he is a wonderful merciful compassionate forgiving high priest Because he knows our flaws. He knows our weaknesses. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.